Peter chapter 4. We have a little bit of a different approach this morning. We'll get to our text in a bit. But let me tell you, um, as far as where things are right now, as we wrap up our little mini-series, we've spent about four weeks in what I call um, taking a closer look um, at our vision. Quite some time ago, uh, probably a couple years ago, I started the habit uh, on a fairly regular basis, probably not every week, but I will walk through this building walk through the church and I'll go to a particular classroom that's completely empty and I can just envision the kids that will fill that room up and the teacher um, that is teaching them and I will pray uh, for that group. Uh, No one will be there at that moment, but I can pray for the kids that will be coming. I've sat in this sanctuary on numerous occasions. I've sat in pastors' chairs and their offices and counseling room, and we'll pray very specifically uh, that God will continue to bless and use every single person that ever comes here for his glory and for the extending of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, This week, I was wandering around, and I was praying, and I stumbled upon a um, a pile, a, a significant pile of old pictures of photographs just taken place over the years. And um, I, I, I love to look at old pictures. I, I love to look back and see what God has been doing so faithfully uh, through his body right here at Big Woods for so many years. And there were, there were pictures in this stack of uh, picnics and Barbecues and vacation Bible school. There were picnics of men's retreats and women's retreats and of baptisms. There were pictures of little tiny kids on their parents' laps. Little tiny kids like Joy and Halen, who both are now in college. And they were held on their mama's laps. And, and, and Linnell and Angela had these really interesting hairdos and hairstyles. Back then, there were pictures of Dan Borges when he actually had hair. There was a picture of Art Gray, and he was still bald back then as well. There were pictures of Zane Padalev. He's driving this Thomas Magnum mustache that was just amazing. And, and I love to, to look back and, and reminisce. Um, Craig looked exactly the same that he looks today. Kimber, apart from maybe a gray hair or two, she looked exactly the same. Bobby Joe had a few less smile lines um, than probably she does now. And all of these were just amazing reminders. There are pictures of people that were working together and painting this old school, fixing it up. Many people have told me over the years that they would, they would never, ever thought that they would outgrow this old school. And I pause just to say, God is so good. God is so faithful, and we are so blessed. As I have the privilege now of leading 
and of shepherding this church for just over six years now, I, I want to make sure that we never forget that we always, always, always celebrate all that God has done and all that God has been faithful to us in the past. But I also want to make sure that God always gets the credit and God always gets the glory as we continue to trust Him for our future. We go back, um, I think, about four plus years ago now where we established a very, very ambitious what we call Vision 2020. It, it begins like this, that we exist to build relationships so that God is glorified and lives, homes, and families are transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about how ambitious it is for one little local church to say that we exist to transform an entire community. Rather large undertaking, I might add. Now, we know that we can never, ever assume, and that's what we've spent the last couple weeks about, just, just, just emphasizing and reminding ourselves and, and talking about, well, how, how do we build relationships anyway? We build relationships. How do we do this right? We've talked about the fact that we have got to keep other people. It's not about you. Take the view and, 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 and emphasis off of yourself and see others and see the Lord. We talk about the fact that we build relationships by keeping other people in our minds, in our hearts, and in our prayers. We talked about glorifying God. How do we do this all of the time? And first and foremost, we need to be certain of who God is and what God has done for us in offering us His own Son. We talked about the fact that we glorify God when we're calm in our prayers. We don't panic. God's in charge. God has this. We talk about the fact that God is glorified when we are faithful in our love towards one another, when we are accurate, precise in our words, that we speak the very words that God would have us speak. Last week we talked about transforming lives. How can we witness this regularly? Witness you and I are to be the witnesses according to what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. How do we do this? We have to care sincerely. We connect personally. We communicate clearly. And we pray fervently. Now, if you notice something that is, that, that is synonymous with all of these points is that the focus is on people. It's people, people, people hearing and seeing and being taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. A young single mom, really struggling in many, many areas, was recently befriended by an older woman in, the, in this church older than her. She's not older. And, and she's just loved on her. And she's arrived at her house and she's assisted her. She's prayed with her. She's helped her with her kids. And that young woman today knows that although life is still challenging in many ways, she knows that she is loved. She knows that she is being cared for. And that's what we're talking about when we have opportunities to offer people good news that Jesus has for us. Now, in order to accomplish this very ambitious vision, we established very specific strategies of how we're going to accomplish it, dealing with the ministries that exist, all the moving pieces and parts at Big Woods. 
In order to accomplish this, we set out what? Um, specific strategies and we're immediately reminded about the needs that exist. Ministry needs. There were staffing needs. Obviously, there were building needs. And as we have sought to work and strengthen and expand our ministries, we have also been pursuing a new building that would allow us to worship together. Let me remind you that relationships are built when people are together, not when they're split up all the time, as we've had to do over the past several years. As well as what? The need of new classrooms and more classrooms and more bathrooms and more parking spaces. We've also set out over the past two years to hire very much needed additional staff. So we know, thankfully, the Lord led us to hire Pastor Josh as a full-time associate pastor of administration. Josh and Krista, we are blessed by the two of you, especially this morning. Thank you for that. Wendy and I will must start working on our duet, I guess. <laughs> We also know that we've been blessed by a temporary subsidized salary to hire Pastor Aaron full-time as associate pastor of discipleship. And we praise God and thank God for both Aaron and Brianna. We know as well, more recently, after a very lengthy youth pastor search, the team um, that led that unanimously recommended to the elders that we hire Pastor Stewart part-time as a youth pastor with plans to present him to you later this summer, literally within the next month or two, to affirm him as full-time youth pastor. All of these needs, significant needs alongside of, get this, oh, let's put on top of that a $1 million building campaign. Now, there is no doubt, and I stand before you fully aware that it has stretched us and it has challenged us. And that's a good thing, believe it or not, for our entire body. However, it is an absolute thrill. I have the greatest job in the world to present to you answers to prayer and announce how God is blessing and how we are trusting God to continue to provide through the faithful, the sacrificial, and the joyful giving that each of you as part of this body have made for the work of the gospel in Lock Haven. Let me very specifically go through some areas of what the Lord has done through you. Number one, we have met and we have surpassed a $1 million campaign. It officially stood at $1,200,000. We didn't make it over by much, but God allowed us to achieve that amazing goal. You realize right now that presently we have a 99% pledge fulfillment rate, that when someone said, we want to give this, they have followed through at a 99% rate every single dollar and dime that has been promised. 
Several people, let me report this to you as a praise to God. Several people, several families have already paid off their pledge early and have asked us, may we continue, now that this is in our budget, to pay this on a regular basis? And we have granted them the permission to do that. Let me report to you that we are presently underway, as you are well aware, and drive by on a regular basis with our building project. Demolition is complete. New roof is on. The exterior walls and windows and doors are presently being put on. And as you can see in your bulletin this morning, which is very, very important when it comes to a project of this significance, we are completely on budget not a dime over where we should be at. We just recently purchased 500 brand new chairs and they have a little holder for your communion cup. Some of you are asking. Paid for completely by a donation and they will be delivered to our new church upon completion. And we praise God for that. We have established a building oversight committee that are meeting regularly to work on the interior color and the decor. Now, as you are well aware, when it came to this project, securing financing was a challenge for us. We realized that sometimes banks have a hard time trusting churches. Isn't that sad? as a testimony. So what was originally a $2.4 million building renovation, we whittled down significantly. We whittled it down to $1.9 million. Therefore, we needed to initially cut some of the extras that we initially thought or we saw. Some of the stonework or the awning Some even the number of classrooms to get it under. What we've done is we've divided that project into phases, into two phases in order to, excuse me, uh, into several phases to secure two loans. The first loan being a smaller $750,000, what is referred to as a bridge loan, that led us to a second larger $1.2 million loan. Let me tell you this, and you want to hold on to this. Thankfully, at this very moment, and this is an amazing praise to God, we have not even touched that first bridge loan at all, which means this, up to this point, we have paid out of pocket $467,000 and still have $68,000 in our building fund in absolute and amazing praise to what God is doing and providing through your sacrificial giving. Now we know in preparation for our future, we have already begun to pay ourselves by budgeting into our general operating budget a mortgage payment, which we know we will have at some point of $7,500 a month so that when we complete our project, we can move toward immediate debt reduction. Knowing that we would be looking at increased ministry expenses, knowing that we would be looking at additional staffing salaries 
as well as a future um, mortgage on a parts portion of the building project, we needed to raise our annual budget this year, 2017, to by 11%. That is a big chunk in one year. With the hopes of moving it by another 4% to a total of 15% by 2018. Significant jumps. However, as of this very moment, right now, and this is a term that you financial guys help me with, I'm learning, we are trending, Josh, note, I use the word, trending in the right direction. Let me give you a little bit of a visual that I have here. Mitchell has this for us. This is a graph that has been developed as far as where we are and where we need to be. Now, what you'll see is that red line is where we need to be on a monthly basis. As you can see at this particular moment, there are some months that we have met the goal and surpassed it. There's other months that we are just below it. So this is the general operating budget of Big Woods Bible Church. It has nothing to do with building. As of, what, 601, June the 1st, we need it to date, I want to give you some numbers here, but you need to know this, $198,290. That's where the red line is. I think that's about $38,000 a month. We're presently at $184,460, which is a slight shortfall overall of $13,000 or $28 a month for the past several months, or $700 a week. But let me, let me tell you what this red line means when, when, Lord willing, we get there as we are praying expectantly. This red line means that we are able to fully fund both pastors Aaron and Pastor Stewart full-time while we meet all of our full operating budget needs as well as all building obligations. So it's important for you to see this and understand this. Now, remember overall the importance of what we do here as a local church, the importance of ministry. It's about people and it's about relationships. It's about the gospel going forward for his glory. And yes, we understand that it all belongs to the Lord. We use this term this morning in First Peter about being a steward. We're stewards God's grace, we're stewards of the wealth that has been given to us, loaned to us. We're, we're stewards of the money. And we are to always carefully and prayerfully give everything with the glory of God in mind. And we know that we are taught in Scripture that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. It's actually better to give than to receive. Now, we know that we have obligations. Building campaign is above where people have regularly committed on their weekly giving or the weekly tithe. We have to remember that. But as you can see, there's still, there's still needs. And I have to be honest to say that as much as it's hard at times to talk about it, it's an absolute important priority for you to know it. Let me tell you that if anyone is willing at this point to continue their pledge, I would encourage you to do that. 
Another one-year commitment or two-year commitment or three-year commitment would be a huge help and a huge blessing. Also, there's several new people that have come to our church that has asked me, like, so what is this about? If you're not presently contributing or you've not had the opportunity or you have come since, make sure that you pull Pastor Josh aside or pull Eric Evans aside. They'll, They'll clearly point you in the right direction. We want to be as helpful as possible and offer you conveniences by way of online giving options. And you can ask Pastor Josh about that if you have a question. Any questions whatsoever, please understand that you can pull me, any one of the pastors, any one of the elders, any one of the Vision 2020 team aside. And it is utmost importance that we take the time to answer the questions that you have. Now, we know that there are many, many moving parts and pieces. I've used that term. Let me tell you this. We need every single person involved. So I say, well, how do we, how do we involve? How can I be involved? I want to direct your attention to 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll read it in just a moment. But we talk about God's plan here. Now, we know that God has a very specific plan. He has what I would call a program in mind. And that program is being unfurled before us. Since Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God's plan has to be in close fellowship with His creation, with mankind. But we know since what? Genesis chapter 3, that relationship was broken since the fall of man... And there's not been the the intimacy that God designed and desired for us. Ever since that time, God's plan has been to reach out and to heal the brokenness in the relationship and the fellowship that has existed. And what he has done is he's used, it's kind of a big word for us, but he has used um, his incarnation in order to have that relationship. And that's kind of a big word, but it's an important word. The word incarnation literally means to take bodily form. Now, first of all, you go back to the Old Testament. God, what? Represented himself to those chosen Hebrew people, the Israelites. And he did it in in the tabernacle and later in the temple. He revealed himself. We know later on the New Testament, secondly, God's plan was that Jesus, his own son... God in bodily form would come to earth. However, we know that Jesus descended to earth. He was crucified. He rose from the dead, but he ascended back to heaven again. And it's a mistake to think that God's plan or God's incarnation has ceased. Do you realize right now what the incarnation of God is? You. And I, that we now are presently the body of Christ. It is the local church. We are the ones, if our community does not know about God and does not know of God's Son, Jesus Christ, guess what? It's because if the community doesn't know that, it's because the local church, the incarnation of God, has not been revealing God to those people. Therefore, there's something that, that, 
that is a responsibility. You realize that if you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are part of the body of Christ. So I don't think there's anything more thrilling than that. I don't think there's anything more amazing than understanding that. And yet also, I don't think there's anything that is, that is more tragic or, or more, I would almost say, boring. If there's a church that exists, they refer to themselves, they call themselves a church, but they don't understand about God's plan. About what? The gospel going forward for His glory. And that's why this verse, 1 Peter chapter 4, it says this in, in, in verse 10 and verse 11. <clears throat> As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Understand, number one, we are to be involved, you and I are to be involved by knowing you have received a spiritual gift. I think there's still people that come to church every week and sit in these chairs every week and they don't realize that they've been given a gift. You have to understand, you have received a gift Upon salvation, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 in verse, in verse 38. Paul himself says what in Ephesians chapter 3? To me who is less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. I want you to understand that and be reminded of the fact that as you breathe, as a follower of Jesus, you have been gifted with His grace and you've been gifted specifically with a spiritual gift. You, you, first of all, know you've received a gift. Secondly, you have to learn about your spiritual gift. Now, now please, don't mistake or confuse spiritual gifts with natural responsibilities. Let me explain the difference. When you're born into this world, you're born what, into a physical family, and God gave you natural abilities. As Josh and... Krista demonstrated what a natural ability is to sing. Some of you have amazing gifts to do that and other things. Some of you are gifted by way of academics or design or mechanics or craftsmanship or sport or music or arts. And it is very, very clear, and I, I'm not being silly to say it, when it comes to natural abilities, all men are not created equal. I've yet to beat Drew Talbot in anything. When I, when I was graduating from college, typical, send out your resume, and I wanted to, to teach, I thought. I, I, I majored in Bible and theology. I minored in CE or Christian ed with an emphasis in recreational administration because I love to play. And I remember I got my first interview. I've shared this with you before. And they were looking for a math teacher specifically. So can you, can you share, uh, Mr. Broger, the strength of your math skills? I'm like, uh, I have none. I failed algebra one. Sorry. I, I was interviewing in Canada. It's a bilingual. They asked me, Helen, about my French. I took eight years of French. I flunked seven of them. No joke. Yeah, yeah, laugh now. It was the Philadelphia accent they said it wasn't translating into the uh, 
French Acadian or whatever it was. So no joke, they, they literally began, like they're searching. They flew me up for an interview. They're searching like, well, are there any musical abilities that you have? I'm just like, are you serious? Like you're really, you're already at the music part? I'm like, I, actually I'm tone deaf. They diagnosed it as tone deaf. Well, there's no such thing as being tone deaf. No, I am, sorry. And they go down through this list. At one point, no joke, no joke. Like, you know, as a teacher, you have to write on a chalkboard. We had chalkboards, we didn't have whiteboards back then. Um, and they said, how's your penmanship? I said, well, uh, I'm left-handed, but I'm actually, I, I throw right-handed. So like, I got a pretty bad slant. It's not that, it's not that pretty. <laughs> they said, so what strengths do you have? No joke. I am direct quote, Dr. Les Dennis. You can call him up. And I said this. I said, I, I was almost, forgive me, I was almost in tears. I'm like, I, I just got married. I have a little baby who I have to provide. I can't sing. <laughs> I said this. So I tell you what, I love people. I love people. I love to spend time with people. I, I love people and I love the word of God. And I love to bring those two things together. And as a, as, a, as a growing Christian school, and it grew significantly, they took a shot and a chance on me. And, and I'm so thankful for that story and for that testimony. Now, think about it. Not only were we born into a physical family, we were born into a spiritual family when you were born again. And, and if I missed out, like, on the first, okay, I am thankful that God didn't miss out when it came to the second. That God did give maybe tiny little gifts. That God can use any one of us for his glory. 1 Peter 4 broadly breaks it up into speaking gifts and serving gifts. Broad categories. We don't have the time to go into it. There's exhaustive lists of these gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. I'd encourage you to look at them or pull someone aside. There are gifts of leadership. Some of you out here, Dr. Turner has the gift of leadership. Uh, we understand that there's others that have the gift of administration. Josh has that, and my wife Wendy has that gift. It's a gift. Some of you have the gift of, of faith to say there's no mountain that's too big. My son lives 45 minutes from Mosul. And he has the gift of faith because he's going where God called him to go. Some of you have the gift of teaching. Listen to a pastor, Aaron. Some of you have the gift of giving. Appreciate the song that we were reminded about open hands. I have purposely been protected. I've never seen a name or amount connected with any gift that's ever been given. I guard myself from that. And yet I hear testimonies of gifts of sacrifice. When people are giving, they're like, they, they, they can't afford that. They're giving. Because God gave them this gift. Maybe you have that, the gift of being a pastor or shepherding or an evangelist or the gift of help, so truly gorgeous. All over the place, a Billy Powell and a Denny Marconi and a Helen Barry, just, just to help. I'm just, I'm just here to help and I'm here to serve. How do, we, how do we determine, well, what is this? Find someone more spiritual than you are. That'll be very easy. 
Okay? Find someone more mature spiritually. Spend time with them and they will tell you what your gifts are. Very easy. You can take a gift test. Wonderful. They're online. They're free. They're helpful. They're certainly not foolproof because you can click whatever buttons you want to have. Start serving. And you will very quickly determine what gifts you have, what gifts you don't have. We're giving all of our college graduates Kevin DeYoung's book, Just Do Something. I don't know if it's toned like that, but that's what it's titled. They need to do that. Why? Because every single believer is to be exercising their gift, which brings us to our last point, and I know I'm way off schedule. How are we to be involved? By using your gifts to serve one another for the glory of God. Let me tell you this. There is nothing greater. Nothing will make the sun shine brighter and the blue look, the sky look bluer or the, the, the trees look greener than when you are in line and using your gifts for God's glory and for what? Other people. <clears throat> Every person is uniquely gifted. As I am growing slowly wise, emphasis on slowly, I'm realizing that it's really about what it's about the local church doing and me letting go. I got a call from a local pastor, a good friend of mine this week, and I was able to sit and pray with him for a couple hours. And, and I reminded him of a book. I gave him the book, Transformational Church, Ed Stetzer. And I brought him to the page where I was jotting notes when we sat as our elders retreat a number of years ago. And we talked about moving from me to we. And it's all about, the local church is about mobilizing every one of us for his glory. That's how Isaac goes to Germany. That's how a Halen goes to a France. That's how 18 people are going to Guatemala from this little church. That's how a person this week opened up their beautiful home to fill it with an entire youth group running all over and chasing puppies around in their home. It's the older couple who spent time with the younger couple. It's the young married couple that sacrificed to give. It's the older, more stable couple that says, I can give larger amounts. Whatever it is, it's using your gifts for God's glory. The single mom who sits and works in the nursery the young man who comes and brings his son faithfully to serve at youth group. What gift has God given you? And how are you exercising your gift by serving one another for the glory of God? We're going to continue this um, time in our Sunday school hour. And we want to discuss this and talk about the last several weeks. I'd encourage you to stay for that. And we can dialogue on how we can exercise the gifts that God has given, the gift of grace for his glory. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much for this time we've been together. Thank you for what you are doing. And we give you all of the praise. All of the praise and all of the glory is focused on you. Lord, please direct our steps. Help us, Lord, to be of one mind. Help us, Lord, to see others and see you more than we see ourselves. And God, we just ask boldly, bless us greatly for your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>
Just stand with us, please, as we close. close with a song. It's it, uh, just about living a life of sacrifice uh, because of what Christ has